In this conversation, we talk about his experience being legally deaf and how he's driven to prove he can be more than anyone thinks he can be. We also cover his time in the entertainment industry and the legacy he hopes to leave behind. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Emanuel Svachinsky, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super glad you got my last name right. Not many people can do that. It's a super. It's like a super ability. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. I remember you telling me that on our first time meeting, and I thought. I thought. Well, it's. I mean, it's Svachinsky. Like, it's not that. It's not that hard. But uh, do you want to fill us in on on how it is that we we met? How we got in touch? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I saw. I said that you were looking for uh, some interviews on a pod on your podcast, Broken Bulbs, and I love the idea. I'm like, I gotta get on that show. Uh, hopefully, um, Alex is gonna be dope, and uh, yeah, he's pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> Alex is a really no. Honestly, the interviewing skills, it's uh, the easygoingness. It just makes life a lot easier. When, you know, when especially when podcasts, you know, it's not strict. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's just I th- that's I think that's how we got along. We're both easygoing, and uh, it just the flow is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We had a great conversation and I was like, well, I want to hear more about your life experience. It's obviously been very different from my own based on the conversations we had on Broken Bulbs. And and so I had to get you on here, which so getting into your life story and your life experience, where did you begin? Where are you from originally? Well, I originally came from uh, my mother's womb. Does that count, or do, I think that counts? I think that counts. Where, uh, <laughs> when when you left her womb, where were you? <laughs> I, th- I believe it was a hospital. <laughs> I'm joking. I was born in uh, Latvia, Riga, Latvia. Okay, it's interesting. It's a tiny country, very beautiful in some areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell tell me about Latvia. What what do you remember from it? Were you young when you left, or yeah? So I left when I was four. Though I have very few memories from Latvia, to be f- quite fair. I want to go back. I want to visit again. I want to see what it's like now. I I remember getting electrocuted. I remember small things. Uh, I remember the apartment complex that we were in, my family and I. But uh, when I was four or five. I believe, yeah, that's when my family decided, okay, we're out of here. I think it was a lot of anti-Semitism going on. I'm from a Jewish background. Uh, they took me to uh, Canada. I didn't really have a choice. They kind of dragged me in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a choice in that when you're, when nah, you're four when years you're old, four. do you? <laughs> your, your parents didn't ask, hey, do you want to stay in Latvia? And you're like, yes. And then they're like, all right, well. See ya. We're going to Canada. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, okay. And by the way, I should clarify for people listening. Uh, you were sticking your fingers in electrical sockets and outlets. That's why you were electrocuted. It's not like a, a regular Latvian thing. To, no, to no, it's not a Latvian to. thing. It's not a local thing. At least not that I'm aware of. Um, I have to go to, when I go to Latvia, I definitely ask people, hey, uh, do you uh, like to stick things into electrical sockets? <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's just a, a fascination with electricity. Maybe it's uh, they they love it or they appreciate it more, and so they really want to get hands on. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my dad was an electrician. Okay. He grew. He became an electrician in Canada. Huh. Uh, he was an electrical engineer, so maybe that came from somewhere mm-hmm. curiosity. Yeah. 
yeah, you saw it in your dad and, and took it upon yourself to try things out for yourself. I like it. Uh, yeah. So uh, what, what do you, I guess, is there much Latvian heritage that you think about, like with you, with your family, or is it? Are you pretty integrated with Canadian culture, well, whatever Canadian uh, you culture know, is? We uh, we have our own. Uh, it's kind of like a mix, you know. But we do have. We do celebrate. Like culture wise, we celebrate uh, the Jewish holidays. We celebrate uh, New Year's, which is, uh, I believe, a more of a Soviet thing. You know, when people ask me what I, what's my background, I would say I'm. Soviet, but not Russian, because it was uh, Latvia was part of the Soviet Union at the time. Interesting. So, but culture-wise, like uh, we don't do much Canadian stuff. Right, right. Although I am trying, starting to enjoy Canada a lot more. Right, right. You well, know, because uh, my uh, my wife just uh, came here, so we are we are just uh, we got married, and now it's like we're tr- we're exploring Canada together. Yeah, and it's yeah. such a difference. Yeah. You know, when you're going with family or when you go with uh, your spouse or your, you know, your friends or loved ones, you know, it's, it's, it's a new experience. Yeah. What was your perspective like growing up here as, as an immigrant? Well, I was fortunate enough to have come here when I was four. So I didn't really speak English and I didn't really speak Russian. I started speaking late. Mm-hmm. So I kind of learned along the way. So I, I was lucky enough for that mm-hmm. but i've seen people get bullied around you know for being a, like an english second language student they're like oh can you not why you're so slow in learning english you know there are bullies in school so it depends on when you arrived right right, right. i was bullied for other reasons but because i can't i i was legal i'm legally deaf so yeah okay Tell, tell me about being legally deaf. What's what's that experience like? And and what kind of is the definition of being legally deaf? Well, being legally deaf means that you hear less than, I believe, 60% of your capacity. I think say between 60 and 70. And uh, when I was younger, I had a lot of ear infections. Okay. It, it just killed my hearing completely. All I hear right now is a loud ringing noise, tinnitus. Interesting. So... Okay, this is this is really interesting to me. So, because obviously you're hearing me, we're we're talking, um, yeah. But then you also have tinnitus, so you have yeah. that constant ringing sound in your ears too, twenty four seven. Really, and what? Yeah. I guess I. So you're the first person on the podcast from Latvia and from uh, who has tinnitus, at least that I've known of. Uh, I so I'm curious about that experience like how how is it that you deal with that i learned to adapt to it really i mean at first when it hits sometimes it's louder and it's like a super high pitch sound hmm. right and it's very annoying yeah very annoying the only reason i'm here able to hear you is because i've uh, put my earphones in like really deep into my ears not really deep but they're inside so i'm able to hear you hmm. but if we were to speak uh, like one-on-one, Yeah, the chances are I'm going to miss a lot of things that you're saying, hmm. unless I'm reading your lips, which I normally do. Okay, okay. So you you can do lip reading. and how, Yeah. Because obviously, if that's something you're relying on, you're going to be better at it than me, who doesn't rely on that. How How good are you at lip reading? Like, how confident are you 
Uh, I'm pretty livery. confident, but uh, I'm not 100%. Right, right. I know it means, you know, because different people, the way their mouths move, mm-hmm. if they're clear, right? Because sometimes, you know, when you're making uh, an E sound, you have that E kind of, yeah, that, yeah, the the way the mouth's shaped, or like if you're making an O or a U or an A, mm-hmm. you know, or an ah. Interesting. The, yeah, this is something I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about. Uh, please go on. If, if you talk like this, I mean, you're probably seeing what I'm doing right now. But mm-hmm. if you're talking like this, it's going to be very difficult for me to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but if you're talking the way you are. Right. Right now, I'm able to read it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is really cool. That that makes me a lot more uh, self-aware of of the way my mouth is moving and the way that I'm communicating with people to not mumble and to not, you know, keep my mouth shut while I'm talking to you, you know, to actually speak up and have a conversation. Interesting. Okay. And then you also mentioned you're from a Jewish background as well, uh, which I haven't interviewed anybody that I, again, that I know of who has a Jewish background. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Is there like a big, is that a big cultural aspect or is it kind of a family history thing? Well, it's a, for me, it's a more of a family history thing. When I say I'm Jewish, I'm more of the on the ish side, mm-hmm. you know, Jewish. Uh, I like it. But uh, but you know, honestly, uh, it's like it's a, how to explain. It's like you know, they're, they're very tough on the kids. They want to they want a high uh, standard of you know, like learning, uh, big career. So when I was saying I was going to be in the entertainment. People are going to, the family was like, yeah, what about a real job, like a lawyer or mathematician, engineer, you know, but they make the big bucks. You went into the entertainment industry though. Like you, you decide to go that way. Walk me through that experience a little bit. Well, when I was younger, I would get bullied a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot, because since I can't hear well, I was like the deaf kid, quote unquote deaf kid that walked funny because with a tinnitus, I lose balance. Hmm. Sometimes when it gets really loud, I kind of lose balance. And sometimes I get vertigos. So I would walk funny and people would make fun of me. And I'm, I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to be bigger than you. Because my family was always saying, hey, you know, be bigger than the person. Don't fight back. Just walk away. Be bigger. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to be bigger than these guys, these people. And I decided, you know, I'm going to become bigger. Picked up an entertainment. Started learning card tricks. I uh, made a different name for myself, which sounded cool, you know, and I eventually I made the name for myself in the entertainment, performed in front of thousands of people. You know, the biggest uh, show I've had was for 40,000 people. Holy cow. I mean, I was aiming for 25, uh, 250,000, but I'll take 40,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's, uh, you know, I had my, like I'm, Definitely representing uh, Toronto as one of the in the arts uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Where I used to, you know, I was very all about the arts, and I, I was more of a businessman. I learned how to be how to understand business more. While people were thinking, "Oh, you have one in a million chances," mm-hmm. I'm like, "I'd rather take that chance and make a hell of a lot more millions than you're making." Mm-hmm. Interesting, you know. So, yeah, I was that one percenter, one like wanting to be that one percenter, mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, I always called it the wrong side of heaven. It's inspired by, uh, like, I started calling that after I heard uh, the song by Five Finger Death Punch called Wrong Side of Heaven. 
I, when I think about it, it's like I, on the outside, it looked like I was living the best life possible, the dream life. People thought I was living the perfect life. I had no, uh, nothing bad happening to me. But deep down, I was miserable. I wasn't happy. I was scared. Mm -hmm. And fear controlled me. And that's why I was just chasing those these goals of to prove myself to people that I learned that they didn't really care where I was. They didn't even care. They were moving on with their lives. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a fun chapter, no doubt. I learned a lot from it. I mean, 18 years of my life. And uh, yeah, it was uh, just very fun, but very dangerous. Yeah. Tell, tell me about getting out of it. Why was it that you ultimately left and what was that process like? Well, I left because I was unhappy. Nothing that I did, like no matter how many where I performed, even if I even when I went to Las Vegas to give lectures, I was coming back. I was unhappy. I was afraid. And I'm like, this is not a way to live. Right. Depression would come to me quite frequently. And I realized the reason I'm getting depressed is because I'm I am anxious all the time. You know, I was performing uh, sometimes for people that I shouldn't have been performing, you know. Uh, it was just a life of, well, that's the best way to put it. It wasn't misery. It wasn't illegal. It was just like, it wasn't real. I created a character and I started living that character's life. So the second I wake up, I'm on social media, I'm that character. And I put on that character to be seen as a great, and that which I became great in uh, what I was doing. But deep down, I wasn't me. I was always constantly battling between this character and being authentically me. Yeah, I, I'm just curious, how did you ultimately become authentically you? Well, I dropped everything. I knew I had to quit. I quit cold turkey, lost all the followers. I'm like, you know what? These followers, they didn't like me for who I, who I'm, I am authentically, so that's not my problem. I'm going to be me. People like me, good. If people don't, good. <laughs> because I'm me, I'm happy. Right. That's the most important thing, you know. And I try to different, like crazy amount of books and courses on overcoming fears and problems, and they just weren't doing anything. So I thought of how, can, what can I do? That was the magic question. What can I do to become happier? And I start breaking it down, breaking down what I really want. Right. So what I wanted was to give people the feeling what Jim Carrey gave to me from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. It was like this amazing feeling. You're laughing. You're feeling good. You know, that's what real magic is. And then how is it that that you bring that to people? How do you help people feel that feeling? And how do you feel that feeling yourself? Well, I feel it by fully conquering my fears. And I'm, I feel that by being in control. I'm in control of what I'm laughing, what I, when I choose to laugh, when I really want to laugh. That's my choice. Right? I don't let anyone else or anything else control me. And that's what I help people do. The reason why they're unhappy is because they're not in control of their life. And they're not in control of their life because of fear. Hey, future Alex here, just popping in to mention that My Wax Museum does have an Instagram page. You can follow us at My Wax Museum. Super easy. We've got a ton of bonus content over there that I'm sure you'd love to check out. We also have some really cool stuff coming up in the new year. So make sure you follow us and stay tuned for that. Now, back to the show. 
Okay, so tell me, I, this is kind of leading into your your personal brand and, and what you're all about now. So tell us a bit about the F principle and and what it is that you do and maybe where people can go to find you as well. Absolutely. The F principle is the leading company to help people conquer their fears. Oftentimes, people feel stuck especially entrepreneurs. They feel stuck. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. So they uh, exactly do what I, what I used to do. They used to work more, put in more hours, rejecting their family. And guess what happens? People get sick and tired of them. You know, they're not reliable. And it's all because of fear. The, uh, the fear of losing them, the fear of not making enough money, the fear, you name it. It's all fear. What, what I do is I help people dissect the fear. I tell them exactly what the fear is, how they should go about it, and how to conquer it, whether it's in business, in relationships, in personal life. So that's what, that's what, as an expert on conquering fears, that's exactly what I do. I have courses available, provide mentorships, you know, uh, books coming out. My the main goal is to help over seven billion people conquer their fears. I like it. I like it. Taking taking this idea of conquering fears and and getting back in control of of your life, what are some of the things looking towards your future that that you want to continue doing alongside helping people overcome their fears or conquering or conquering their fears? Well, for conquering fears, is like I said, uh, right now I am working on a boot camp coming out, and that boot camp essentially will teach people how to take full control of their life and is absolutely free. Like I'm feeling so good and I feel so bad the fact that I'm living my dream life and everyone else can too, but they don't have those necessary steps. I feel it would be a crime for me to charge people, right? So I'm giving those out. The five-day boot camps are very, they're going to be very intense. Otherwise, you know, my main mission is to help 7 billion people. One way or another, appearing in podcasts, appearing on television shows, like talk shows, in magazines, online, no matter where people are at in life, the chances of them not being in f- fully in control of their life is over 75%. Because over 75% of the population are not in control of their life. They're not happy. They're just going by, floating through life instead of living it completely. And so what is it you mentioned uh, in our quick questions beforehand, and we've kind of talked about it here, is how happy you are, how positive you are. Is there is that something you've always done, or was there something that you changed to, I guess, get that way? Well, it uh, started four years ago that was actually starting to be fully happy. When I left the entertainment industry, I was doing what I want. I was going where I want to go, being who I want to be, you know, it's uh, that's all adds up to happiness. If you're doing everything you want to do in your life, how can you not be happy? You know, over thir- over there's just around 13% of the population, they're happy with their, their the amount that they make. And I'm thinking, okay, only 13% of the population, how, how many of those percentages are unhappy somewhere else? Right. That's under, that's under 13% of the people that are fully happy, right? Do I want more? Absolutely. Am I happy? Absolutely. But I'm happy because I'm doing what I want, how I want, when I want. It's absolute freedom. I'm in full control. I'm not afraid of what, what uh, uh, Joe Schmo is going to think of me if I do something. Like, I'm not afraid that I'm not, I may not be good enough. 
I know I'm good enough. I know I've been helping people. And that's how everyone can be. I'm not special. I'm not an X-Men, part of Charles Xavier's kids, you know? I am, I am a guy who lived in fear for most of his life and got sick and tired of it and found a way to conquer it for good. Hmm. It's possible. I mean, there were days I couldn't even talk to women. I couldn't even talk to strangers because I thought that they would not like me. You know, it all boils down to uh, three things. Fear of judgment, fear of not being good enough, and self-sabotage. That's a never-ending cycle that people go through. So if you're listening to this right now, you're most likely going through that cycle if you are unhappy. And if you'd like, there is a course available for that. It's called the Four Keys to Conquering Fears Blueprint. I made it specifically for people to conquer that. I could have made a crazy amount of courses, many courses, you know, saying, okay, to learn how, what is judgment? Learn why judgment affects you. Learn how to conquer judge, fear of judgment. It's... And all those three courses could have been different, but all of them would have had fluff. That's why I made a course with zero fluff. It gets straight to the point, actionable steps, worksheets, so, for, so you can finally stop worrying about the fear of judgment. It's all in the, it's all in the course, like the four keys blueprint, everything you need to conquer fears. I like it. And I'm going to have links for that down in the show notes too. Absolutely. So people can check it out. Um, and also, in our, in our quick questions, you mentioned that number one on your bucket list is to travel again now that we're making our way out of this pandemic. Uh, and you mentioned that one of the big places you want to go is Brazil, which is where your wife's yeah. family's at. Have you ever been to Brazil or would that be a first? No, it would, be a, it would definitely be a first. And uh, the, the amount I'm learning about it, mm -hmm. it's just getting me more excited. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm telling you, Alex, once you try picanha, you are going to love it. It's like my favorite cut of steak. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to try it. You're in Toronto, right? Yeah, I'm in Toronto right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll just uh, quickly drive over. I'll be over in, what is it, like 20 hours or something, drive from where I'm at, from Calgary? Well, if you, the, here's the thing. If you come, to, if you come uh, from Calgary to Toronto, make sure you're, you're not, you don't have to quarantine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely be after things are open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to pay two grand. Yeah, I'm not. That would I'm, be a very expensive steak. <laughs> that would be an incredibly expensive steak. <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely be a, hey, I'm in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I love it. What's the coolest thing you've learned about Brazil so far in your little research and your study? I don't know, man. Like, I love everything about it. Like, the weather. I love uh, how the people, like, from what I'm learning about the people, definitely the the mixed martial artists there have a, a lot of respect for them. Hmm. You know, they got that mentality where they don't give up. They're just going to go and do what they do best. And the soccer team was always one of my favorites. It was actually always my favorite soccer team. Really? From back in the day, yeah. When I, when I used to watch soccer, there was uh, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Kaká uh, was there. That's like the trio. That Those were like, oh, man, it was, it was fun <laughs> watching them. Soccer soccer is a pretty fun sport to watch, actually. Like, yeah. I feel like it's it's active. There's a lot going on. There's It's always moving. I've got kind of one last question 
for you here as, as we wrap up the interview. And that is at the end of your life, when you're looking back on everything you've done, everything you've seen, the experiences you've had, the places you've lived and the, the people you've helped, what do you think are going to be the things you'll be most proud of and satisfied with? Well, most proud of, I see that everyone will be tuning in to whatever happens when my time has come uh, and they will be celebrating. They will be waving fuck fear all over the place. Hmm. And it will become a flag. It will be a movement. You know, uh, you know, there's like different kind of movements. It's going to be like an anti-fear movement. <laughs> and if there's extraterrestrials, they will know who I am. It's all like for me, it's a legacy. I like it. I think everyone will like whenever my time has come, then my family and my family's family and will be treated with respect for generations because of the amount of uh the amount of value I've provided the world, the amount I've helped the world. And that's what it is for me. I like that. And I, I think that's a really valuable legacy. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that really, really matters. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that with me and sharing the rest of your life experience with me. And just want to say thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Like, I'm super excited and I'm very grateful. The questions were awesome. I'm super happy to have shared. And thank you for listening, not just to the show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more so to the people around you, the people from your everyday life that you just happen to know. Make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.